What's up, Bulls Nation, and happy Friday. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I'm Matt Peck, one of the hosts here of Locked On Bulls, and we've got something special for you today to bring you into, into the weekend. A couple days ago, I hopped on with Wes and David from Locked On Heat for a crossover episode, kind of taking a look at where the Bulls and Heat stand through the first 20 or so games of this NBA season, comparing the projections, comparing the goals, comparing the attainable ceilings for each of these teams, and also looked at some of these in particular matchups we have for this Bulls-Heat game coming up on Saturday. So, without further ado, enjoy this crossover between Locked on Bulls and Locked on Heat. Let's go. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. All right, it's a Friday episode. However you may be listening, YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for tuning in. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving, but it is time to get back to basketball. And this weekend features a huge matchup between the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. Two teams exceeding early expectations and both near the top of the Eastern Conference. Matt, first, thank you for joining us. How's your Thanksgiving? Oh, you know, not too shabby. Wes, David, pleasure to chat with you guys. I know this, this is a big matchup that Bulls fans and Heat fans have been looking forward to. Yeah, I tricked you because uh, we're actually recording this on a Wednesday. You being the listener. I just assumed that I'm going to have a good Thanksgiving right. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that uh, optimism. It's good. Yeah. Um, quickly, favorite best side dish for Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, probably mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Okay. Can't that's that you can't lose that, David. Well, who's you your favorite? You can't. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Cuban, so we have different side dishes on Thanksgiving that you all right. probably do. But we have we got rice and beans. That's a, a good one. White Ooh. rice, black beans combo. Can't fail with that. We have that too because half my parents are southern, so we've got all the the. Even though they do it, they they. My mom calls it beans and rice, not rice and beans, and that's a point <laughs> of uh, contention in our household. Um, <laughs> all right, with all the good stuff out of the way, Matt, uh, can you tell us something? What are Probably. the Bulls? What makes the Bulls good? Uh, let's see. DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso uh, joining Zach Levine and finally giving Zach Levine some help. Um, but honestly, I think a lot of people that are maybe somewhat surprised by this Bulls start who saw them more as a, you know, hopefully play in team in the East. A lot of them pointed to their defense and say, well, yeah, they'll be able to score, but can they stop anybody? And, you know, maybe that was people just lazily looking at the DeMar edition being like, oh, DeMar, yeah, he could score, but defense, terrible, mm -hmm. terrible defense. And kind of simultaneously ignoring the additions of Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, two of the best point of attack defenders in the league. That was one of the Bulls' biggest weaknesses defensively last season. You're seeing Lonzo and Caruso, some of these other not super tall but lengthy defenders like Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., along with Zach Levine and DeMar themselves buying in to Billy Donovan's defense and at least putting forth some effort with whether it be fighting through screens, you know, making sure that their rotations are where they need to be. The Bulls are a team that are turning teams over and getting out. And with Lonzo Ball and his court vision and all these freak athletes that, that the new front office have assembled, they're lethal in transition. 
Did you see signs of this last season? I know, obviously, they got a bunch of new players with the Rose and Lonzo Caruso, but did you see any signs of this from Billy Donovan's coaching? I think he's doing an awesome job in Chicago, uh, by the way. But did you like? Did you see signs of it last year? Well, I, I mean, some people who were arguing that defense was going to be poor, I, you know, if if you maybe weren't paying attention to the Bulls because they weren't a very good team last season, you would notice that like Billy Donovan had that team finish twelfth in defensive rating last season, and a lot of people are like, really, twelfth? And other than that, it was hard to see a lot of this coming just because from the roster that the new front office inherited a year and a half ago, Zach Levine and Kobe White are the only two left. They have flipped this entire roster in the span of a season and an offseason. So, you know, when you once the roster was assembled, you could look at it and say, okay, we're going to be better in this area. We might still struggle with size, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about the team you were watching last season, this is completely different. Well, I've got a quick question because as we're recording this on a Wednesday, obviously you'll be welcoming back Nikola Vucevic into the lineup. I know that he was struggling before that. He missed a, what, a seven games due to uh, COVID-19 protocols? Yeah, he missed so their entire West, Ca- uh, West Coast road trip, which was five games, and then their uh, home and home back-to-back uh, just this past weekend. What has been the problem for Vooch integrating himself into Chicago's offense? Because I thought he would be a dynamic addition there. I followed him for years in Orlando when I was covering that team. Such a fantastic passer, such an underrated shooter. I thought it would be a slam dunk. It has not been so far this season. What's been the issue with Vooch? Well, I think if you're talking about this season, um, he's just been in a shooting slump. I really think it's not that much uh, more complicated than that. Look, has he taken a different role than the guy he was in Orlando, who was their first and second, you know, options offensively on on a nightly basis? Yeah, but I think he, like Zach Levine and like DeMar DeRozan, embraced that. Maybe Billy Donovan talked about this during training camp and in preseason. They were going to need to take some time to figure out just how the offensive chemistry is going to work and Vooch was uncharacteristically missing shots he normally makes like we saw him turn himself into a viable uh you know pick and pop thread uh, a a floor stretching big over the last couple of years even shooting 40 percent from downtown last season not only was he not making his threes to start this season before he was in health and safety protocols but he was missing bunnies around the rim you know, like from zero to five feet, it was just like there was a lid on the basket. And I think maybe that shook his confidence and kind of got in his head a little bit. And it's a shame because their last couple of games before he tested positive, he was starting, it looked like, to pull himself out of that shooting slump. So now starting with this game against the Rockets tonight, Wednesday night, hopefully you could see him pick up uh, back up where he left off. But now you're talking about a guy who's been out for a couple of weeks and was dealing with some COVID symptoms. So probably not, you know, a guy who's fully conditioned at this point and might be kind of starting from scratch, but long-term other than just kind of figuring out where his moments are in a game offensively, along with Zach and DeMar, I'm not that concerned. I think it was just a little shooting slump to start the season. Well, if Bulls fans have nothing to worry about because Vooch has made like $80 million just off his play against Miami alone. He's put up monster numbers. He pulled down like 20-plus rebounds on several occasions yeah. against Miami. The over unders always set at like 19 and a half rebounds for Vucevic yeah. against Miami. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think anytime also that Jimmy Butler visits Chicago, it's going to mm-hmm. be a story. There's meaning to it. I know that Jimmy Butler's obviously played for a couple of different teams between Chicago and Miami, but... Um, I think that this version of Jimmy Butler, obviously, I think this is the best version of Jimmy Butler. I think this is the best version we've ever seen of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as a teammate, it's the best he's been 
well, since he's been in Miami, it's the best he's been as a teammate since those early kind of Chicago days before he kind of forced his way out and and things kind of, you know, went haywire between him and the front office. But um, Matt, what was your what, what's your memories of Jimmy Butler? What's your impression of how Jimmy is playing for Miami right now? Well, I, you can't deny that that guy is um, just an absolute force when you're talking about the best two way players, in the NBA, you know, some might not put him top 10, but you know, okay. Expand that to 15. Jimmy Butler is a, a force to be reckoned with. And the way that he's built out this offensive game, because when he first came in as, as a rookie, uh, his first few seasons with the bulls, you know, sort of like a scrappy kid who played Juco and then was discovered, had a couple of good years at Marquette, I mean, he was known for defense and and having no offensive you know arsenal whatsoever. Credit to him for the way that he has built out his offensive game to not only have this reliable mid-range game, attack the basket, get to the free throw line, but the way that he's now also making plays for his teammates, it's really impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Bulls fans, now that it has been that far removed, as you said, like there, there was a Minnesota stint in there, there was a, a Philly stint. Like Bulls fans hate Heat fans still because because of the Heatles, yeah. you know, and the battles that they had with those underdog Bulls teams that Jimmy was a part of. Personally, I'm happy for Jimmy down there. It seems like he's happy. He always kind of struck me as like a Miami guy, yeah. whereas like Bulls fans fell in love with Joe Kim Noah for calling those Heat people Hollywood as hell. It's like, yeah, Jimmy's kind of always been Hollywood as hell. Once he <laughs> took that step and was like, oh, I'm a star now. It's like, yeah, just like. Buy yourself a whole wardrobe of white linen and go hang out on the beach in Miami. Good luck to you. Wow. It's wow. a good time. We're all Hollywood as hell down here. It was an accurate assessment from Joe <laughs> Noah. Um, David, do you think that Jimmy has a realistic shot at winning MVP? No, I don't. But I think he should be in the conversation. Uh, I think it's not a realistic shot. But, you know, he's been so good offensively and defensively. He's such a hub for what Miami can do that he should certainly be talked about amongst the top five players in the league. I think he certainly deserves that. I know there's probably some argument that DeRozan should be in that conversation as well. So, Matt, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I, I saw some graphic that NBA put up uh, a couple of weeks ago that had DeRozan as fifth in their you know early season MVP rankings. Um, it's just – it's refreshing, and it, it it's it's been nice to see DeRozan just be himself – in a Bulls jersey to start this. I mean, if you look at his his uh, you know game log through the Bulls first whatever it's been, 15, awesome. I mean, the guy is just a monster. Not only is he consistently putting up twenty plus point nights to help Zach Levine carry the offensive load, he's gotten I, I want to say six or seven now thirty plus point nights. Mm -hmm. And the way that he is just so efficient operating in the mid range and getting to his spots. I mean, it is beautiful to watch. You guys are probably, like me, old enough to remember in the 90s when mid-range, mm -hmm. you know, lethal scorers, like, it, it's be, just because the league shoots more threes, people want to say that mid-range is dead. Watch DeMar DeRozan play a basketball game and then come back and try and tell me again that mid-range yeah. is dead because DeMar's mid-range and DeMar's ability to get to the free throw line, which was another big hole in this Bulls offense last season, are two of the big reasons the Bulls are winning games. And... To his credit, a guy who also gets knocked for, well, mid-range, yes, but he doesn't shoot threes. Never has been, never like wanted to make it a part of his game. He ignores the three-point line. It's a small sample size, but on you know around two or three three-point attempts per game, he's flirting with somewhere between 35 and 37% right now. So he's doing it all three levels scoring. And, you know, yeah, the defense is still a 
pass at best. As far as MVP conversation, look, if the Bulls surprise a lot of people and finish with one of the top two seeds in the East, which I'm not predicting will happen, but he'll be in the conversation. Like, I agree with you, David. Winning, like Jimmy, probably not, but worthy of being discussed at least. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take one of these teams for their guy to get MVP, having a better record than one of Milwaukee or Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference. Those presumptive favorites going in, if they can, then you got the narrative behind you. You got the exceeding expectations thing behind you. All that stuff. I've long been a DeMar DeRozan truther. I'm glad that he's finally thriving on a big stage as opposed to Toronto or Santonio. Don't come after me, Canadians. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the key matchups next. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, thank you for making Locked On Heat and Locked On Bulls. Your first listen every day. Not how, sure how you, you can listen to both at the same time. Put one on one app, one on the other one. That's how it works. Um, all right. Here's what we're going to do the key matchups. Um, I'm springing this on both of you. We're going to do a draft of right. the the keyest of the key matchups here. David, we'll start with you. What is the keyest of the key matchups for Heat Bulls Saturday night? Uh, oh, wow. I mean, I, I think it's the Vooch-Bam matchup. To me, that okay. kind of... It's a good opportunity for Bam to be a little bit more aggressive, to look to initiate his own offense, which has always been a problem for him. And I think if he gets going early on, then that kind of sets the tempo for Miami. They can kind of work through him. He can attack Vucevic, get him into foul trouble. So it's I'm curious to see in what kind of shape, as Matt referenced before, that Vooch returns and we won't know as of this recording. But obviously that's a focal point. So to me, the Bam versus Vooch matchup is, is integral. Uh, and, and, you know, likewise, if Vooch is somehow dialed in and as aggressive as he's been and, you know, somehow finds his rhythm against Miami, something he's been likely to do in the past, then if he can get Bam in foul trouble, then that kind of yeah. changes the conversation completely. It's a mix of styles, isn't it? Because you've got Vucevic as the big, brooding, you know, plotting type of center who can obviously space the floor that we know. But Bam is the guy that uses his athleticism, a little bit more finesse, right? Like, right. this has kind of been the conversation, I think, around Bam for, like, the last couple of years and around Vucevic a little bit, especially in his days in Orlando's. They're so good. They're all-star caliber guys. It feels like they should dictate the pace and the tempo of the game a little bit more, kind of have it played to their identity, their style. Uh, and when they do, they're dominant. When they don't, it's a little frustrating. Uh, yeah. Matt, what is your key matchup that you're looking at? Well, I think to me, it's a question of who Billy is going to put on Jimmy Butler for the largest stretches of the night. I think he's got some options, but I don't think it'll be mostly Zach or DeMar. If you're talking about positional matchups, maybe one of them being like the de facto, I think you're going to see a fair amount of Alex Caruso trying to shut down Jimmy Butler. You might also see some Lonzo Ball on Jimmy Butler. Because to me, that's, I mean, if you can frustrate Jimmy and not allow him to get to his spots and to get to the free throw line, but stay in front of him, 
then, you know, you force Bam or, or Hero or somebody else to beat you. So, you know, because the Bulls are so switchable defensively, I think you're going to see a lot of different looks that Billy's going to throw at Jimmy Butler. But for guys who certainly play above their sides, whether you're talking about Alex Caruso, Javante Green, those two have played huge minutes at technically power forward for the Bulls this season, especially in stretch when Vooch has been out. We also lost Patrick Williams for the season after just a few games. You know, Caruso was guarding Julius Randle uh, against the Knicks on Sunday night and actually doing pretty okay. To me, it's going to be about who can shut down Jimmy Butler when he's trying to orchestrate Miami's offense and get them in their sets. What is Caruso's status? Because he was out for his last game, but is he back or expected to be back on Wednesday and Saturday? I'm so sorry. after the Wednesday shoot around in Houston, he is, you know, we're a couple hours before tip off Bulls Rockets right now, Wednesday early evening, listed as available along with Vooch. Uh, okay. He was seen wearing a wrist uh, brace of some kind at shoot around on Wednesday morning. So my guess is they'll be cautious if the Bulls are blowing out the Rockets tonight. Billy will probably keep his minutes short, but after just a one-game absence, it looks like Caruso is back and available again. All right. I think the matchups across the board are just so interesting. I mean, between the Heat and the Bulls, this is like the closest thing that the Eastern Conference has to the Spider-Man meme, right? Like, both of these teams <laughs> yeah. are just, like, doing it in the mid-range, super physical, old-school type of coaches, old-school type of organizations. Um, everything you're saying about who guards Jimmy Butler, Heat fans could say the same about who guards DeMar DeRozan. You know, mm -hmm. I think that Caruso can come off the bench and credibly guard Tyler Hero. I think he's going to give him a hard time. You have Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry as like kind of these three and D point guards who are very much pass first, team oriented guys, kind of running things for there. You got these all star caliber centers. Um, you got questionable depth on both sides. Like I, I, I'm fascinated by this matchup. I'm fascinated by how this game turns out. Uh, both of you are wrong as far as the key matchups are concerned. All those things I listed, the key matchup has to be the Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan relationship i just can't wait to see them just like <laughs> hugging it out dapping it up at half court high-fiving joking maybe out there a foul line derozan's at the foul line kyle lowry's messing with them a little bit that's that's what i want to see that's what i want to see because you know that both teams are going to be going hard it's going to be a physical game it's going to be a fun game uh but that i think the levity maybe like the comedic relief is going to be lowry and derozan i'm looking forward to that more than anything you kind of took a, an easy way out there, but you overlooked the Chicago and Miami versus the NBA and the eventual ruling regarding the acquisition of Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry. So that that's Adam the Silver should just come for. out in the middle of halftime and be like, "Here's the ruling. Stop, stop right. the game. Stop the game." Yeah, that I mean, would be awesome. at, at this point, would you guys agree that either both teams should get a penalty and it should be the same, or they should both not get penalized? I mean. I, I understand yeah. that because sign in trades are more complicated and you announce it at, you know, one minute after the free agency window officially opens that clearly there's tampering going on. But like DeMar DeRozan has done countless interviews and podcast appearances and whatnot since the you know decision to come play for the Bulls talking about how yeah. LeBron was like in his ear pitching and, and maybe that there were some meetings going on with the Lakers before he even ended up. <laughs> going to the Bulls. So it's like, why, why yep. is it? Why is it that Chicago and Miami are, playing are, the results are because the Bulls are the ones that got Lonzo because the Heat are the ones that got Lowry. Dallas isn't getting cited for tampering. The Lakers aren't getting cited for tampering. Philly's not getting cited for tampering. I'm sorry that your team, your team's front office couldn't pull it off. 
this is why you have trade deadline conversations. Do we? I don't think that the Heat ever really meant to get Kyle Lowry at the deadline. I really don't. I think if the price were low enough, maybe they would have. I think the Bulls weren't really interested in getting Lonzo Ball at all. I just think there was like, hey, let's just have these trade deadline conversations so we can get the ball rolling on this. So that when we know when all this stuff can actually happen, we already have a, a, a deal in place. And by the way, last I checked, two GMs talking to each other about potential deals was their job, not tampering. So yeah. uh, I'm out on this. I think that I, I think this is all just a pomp and circumstance. I was like, well, no, we're we're totally investigating this. Blah blah blah. Adam Silver asked about it uh, the other day. It was like, no, we're we're totally still investigating this. Like that is so low. I think on Adam Silver's to do list. I don't think that they're investigating anything. Also, I could be completely wrong. I have no. And, idea. and the one update we got from Woj, if you can even call it that, from it's whatever it was a week yep. ago, was like, here's an update. There is no update. It's right. still ongoing. <laughs> and it's something about like they might release that they have, you know, reached the conclusion of their investigation right. yep. soon. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, what, what the heck does soon mean? Right. It's, I think what will end up happening, honestly, is a slap on the wrist because the NBA is postured enough where they can't just be like, yeah, there actually wasn't anything here, guys. Turns out. So they're going to do like a, hey, we're going to fine you hundred grand or whatever it is. Right. I don't know, a million dollars, whatever and is a lot of money to these people. If but. they want to take some of Grandpa Jerry Reinsdorf's money away from him, hey, no sweat off my back. Like I just <laughs> I, I don't want to lose a pick because you know, as you guys know, the Bulls gave up some serious draft capital to yep. acquire Vooch at the deadline last season and in the DeMar sign and trade this season. So, you know, losing an additional first round pick on top of that would just seem really brutal and, and kind of unfair yeah. if we're being honest about why is Adam Silver targeting these two teams in particular? Well, my, Miami, clearly, my, everyone, everyone tampers, and everyone knows that everyone tampers. Miami has no picks to take away from them. Right. So they're, they're all they're concerned about them. Can we pay the fine in crypto? We got the FTX <laughs> thing. Can we, can we pay the fine in crypto? Um, all right. I want to talk about the Eastern Conference in general because we've got two teams here that are vying for potentially uh, 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 the Eastern Conference championship, potentially getting to the finals here. We'll talk about that next. But first, Let's talk about Built Bar. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Black Friday. Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Fridays. It's a lot of Black Fridays. New limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount all through Black Friday weekend. Get at least 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. All you got to do is enter the promo code LOCKED20. They got a new flavor called Ruby chocolate puffs, marshmallowy goodness covered in a unique chocolate, ruby chocolate. This has never been done with a built bar before. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now ruby chocolate joins the built bar club. If you don't know what ruby chocolate is, the only way to find out is to buy it and taste it. They also have lemon dipped cheesecake puffs. Love lemon cheesecake? You're going to love these lemon dipped cheesecake puffs. These uh, tangy taste of lemon, sweet cheesecake, and a marshmallowy puff, all covered in chocolate. They also have the new Built Crave Bar. A built, uh, a built Bar Black Friday weekend isn't complete without the word free. Buy any box of Built Bars through Sunday and get two of their brand new candy bars, Built Crave, for free. Built has finally done it. They've come up with a candy bar that is a great alternative to a bar that claims to satisfy. No need to fight angry crowds. No camping out for hours. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Here's the offer, 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars, all at Built.com. Plus, you get 60% off of Built Broth and Built Boost, 40% off of Built Swag. Again, all you have to do is enter that promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com.
All right, let's talk about the Eastern Conference in general, guys. Um, do we believe that the Eastern Conference is legitimately open? I know that Milwaukee has dealt with some injuries. Brooklyn, obviously, no Kyrie, but they still look good. Matt, what do you think? Is, is the Eastern Conference more open than we had thought going into the season? I think it's certainly more open than we thought going into, okay, defending champs Milwaukee and Brooklyn and then everybody else. That's got anybody who watched last NBA season and saw what happened this offseason and what rosters changed and which teams improved still said Brooklyn and Milwaukee, everyone else. And I think through 20 games, the first quarter of the NBA season, whatever you want to call it, I, I, I don't think many people believe that anymore when you see like yes you can make the argument that Milwaukee a lot of their early struggles and they've already started to write the ship they're 10 and 8 they're climbing back up was just due to the fact that they were missing a lot of their key players and if healthy Milwaukee still a favorite logically that makes sense Brooklyn I don't know man like did people make the Brooklyn right there with Milwaukee assumption with their big three are all playing because, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think we're seeing Kyrie take a court at all this season. I think he is not going to play. The question is, are KD and Harden enough? The two of them, plus their surrounding pieces, you know, Harris is a fine player when he's making his shots. LaMarcus Aldridge, like, I think you're due for some regression as the way, as far as like, he, I think he's shooting like 60% or something crazy and he's aging. Blake Griffin has just been absolutely terrible. So, yeah. I mean, like, when you look at teams like Chicago, like Miami, like Washington, and then still knowing like, you know, Philly's lurking down there, Boston's lurking down there, the Knicks are hanging around. Yeah, I think that the East is open and that whereas Brooklyn and Milwaukee, if healthy, might still hold a favorable edge. It's not like yeah. the years of LeBron in the East where you're like, oh, that team's going to the finals. No, it's right. open. David, I know that you and I just through our conversations – you agree with Matt, uh, but if the East is open, is it is it Milwaukee and Chicago? Or are there other teams sort of in that mix, kind of opening that door? Aside from you mean like Milwaukee everybody else? Yeah, yeah. Are, Milwaukee they, are these your top four guys? Like, are these your top four contenders in the East, or is there somebody else that we're leaving out here? No, I think that's fair. I, yeah. Look, I think you have to assume that if Philadelphia gets everybody healthy, and who knows what happens with the Ben Simmons saga, if right. they are able to get something of value in exchange for him, or if he winds up returning to the lineup, I think you can pencil them in as one of the top four teams as well. But overall, I'd say yes, these, these are the top four teams in the league. And these yeah. conference, excuse me. I'm not, I don't, obviously all the things going on with Philadelphia. Sorry, Knicks fans. Sorry, Hawks fans. Like, you just don't got it this year. It's just not happening. Uh, I think that... Chicago has some things to work out, right? Defensively, depth-wise, I think the Heat depth three like depth is a concern for me. I think too. Um, you know, can they get that three-point shooting going in a way that uh, can swing a game and and not kind of dig themselves into holes at different points in a game? Uh, Matt, what do the Bulls need to address? Is is this a trade deadline team? Is there something else that they could do over the course of the season? I mean, I'm sure that Arturis and Eversley will be active, uh, taking calls, making calls after, you know, the first couple months of the season and they evaluate, okay, where are we? We obviously an issue that's staring them in the face every night is a lack of size and front court depth. And you really saw that when, we, when Vooch went out for seven games. I mean, Tony Bradley is a serviceable backup center for maybe 10 to 15 minutes a night. That's about it. And then you got these super small ball lineups that Donovan discovered while Vooch was out 
where you're like playing Derek Jones Jr. at the five and the Bulls kind of, you know, found their own version of the Hamptons five. And actually, like if you look at the net rating numbers of the minutes of those guys on the floor, it's a pretty fun little lineup that could cause some matchup problems for their opponents. What would you, what's the playing. Hamptons of Chicago? So <laughs> I, I think it would be Lonzo, Caruso, uh, Zach, DeMar, and Derek Jones Jr., that, yeah, that's, you, that's you the took that as a basketball five. question. I was asking a geography question. Like, oh. <laughs> like what's like, what's like uh, the the whatever? Like, yeah, what's like the fancy part of Chicago? Yeah, the the North Shore Five. The, there you go. You know, I don't know. Yeah, the the Millennium Park Five, the Michigan Avenue Five. The Michigan <laughs> Avenue Five, I like actually. I was just in Chicago. I like they have like the planters and the nice nice yeah. lanterns out there. Yeah, right. yeah. There you go. You should you should use that on your show. You can have so um, you know. But but to answer the question about a possible trade, I could see it. Bulls fans are firing all cylinders on the trade machine on Twitter already through like, you know, not even 20 games. And we're like, yeah. oh, my God, we got to trade Kobe White or we got to trade Patrick Williams. We got we need a big uh, I, I think that they won't make any rash decisions, especially if they keep winning with the roster that they have. Yeah, and I'm with you with Miami. Like they don't really have any trade pieces where Chicago, you mentioned some of the guys like you can move some of those young guys for a more established player. For Miami, they got nothing, really. I mean, we, you can't really trade Casey Paula for a meaningful uh, difference maker. Uh, they're looking more at, like the buyout market. The John Wall name is floated around a lot. Kevin Love is talked about a lot um, in Miami circles. Like that tends to be uh, where they're going. But it seems to me that if the East is open, uh, that Miami and Chicago are ripe to kind of get through that door. And if they're going to do it, now's the time to kind of make a move, right? Especially at the deadline, like, if, if if I think about 2019 when the Heat thought that they had a chance right before that bubble run, they went ahead and, and acquired Andre Godal and Jay Crowder, and that ended up being the difference maker for them in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So, um, all right, let's wrap it up here. Predictions for Saturday night, Matt. I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a classic Chicago-Miami game where defense is going to be, uh, you know, the – the big focus uh, and you know, I, I, like you, like you mentioned earlier, maybe it'll also be a bit of an emotional night with DeMar and Kyle playing against each other, a little bit of a reunion down there in Miami. Um, and I, I, I will say this since, since Jimmy left the bulls and I have watched him play against the bulls many times, he always circles those games on his calendar mm -hmm. because whereas he wanted out of Minnesota and he wanted out of Philly, he didn't want out of Chicago. He wanted the right. big contract, but he wanted to stay and be the guy in Chicago. And even though the front office that traded him away is now gone, I think that that chip still exists on Jimmy's shoulders. So I'm expecting a tight game. I'm not going to predict a winner because I think these teams are very evenly matched, but I'm guessing that Jimmy is going to come out with something to prove. There you go. David, you got a prediction. Uh, the Heat. Don't necessarily function well on the road, especially with these kinds of uh, circumstances. So to me, I think it's going to be a more likely Chicago win. I think they'll be tired after a four-game road trip. And while you don't want to use it as an excuse, it just seems like Miami might not be able to adjust to those kinds of matchups as well as we'd like. So I'm, I'm seeing a Chicago win in this future. Um, we know that Kyle Lowry will be hosting the Heat on Thursday for Thanksgiving in his hotel room. He's flying out his private chef, uh, I think, and predict a lot of food and a lot to be eaten, a lot of wine to be poured, and a potential Absolutely. hangover game for the, <laughs> for the Heat. Uh, it might take them a couple of days to work off that hangover. So 
I don't know. I'm with Matt. I'm not going to predict wins and losses, but I think it will be a tight game. And I think it'll be a little bit of a slow game. If I'm going to do any betting lines, whatever the over-under is on the point total, which I haven't seen it, I'd probably bet the under. It just feels like a it's mm-hmm. just ripe for sort of a lazy Saturday night, let's get out of here type of deal. Um, all right. And, and to your point, David, about the Heat being tired winding down a road trip, it's actually going to be the second night of a back-to-back for the Bulls who are down in Orlando on Friday night. Ooh. So Bulls got to play in Orlando, then fly home and play the Heat on Saturday. So they'll have wow. some tired legs too. All right. I think I still think it's going to be a good game, but we'll see. Um, all right. That'll do it for today's Locked on Heat, Locked on Bulls crossover. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of both Locked on Heat and Locked on Bulls on YouTube or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Comment and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Reach us all on Twitter. You can find all that stuff in the show notes. Thank you for making the Locked on Podcast Network your first listen every day. Now go go ahead and check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's free. It's available on all platforms. All right. Hope y'all enjoyed that crossover with the guys from Locked On Heat. Shout out to them. They do great work over there taking care of our old pal Jimmy Butler and that fun Heat team. Big matchup. Second night of a back-to-back. The Bulls got to take care of the Orlando Magic first tonight, Friday night, before flying back home and trying to beat Jimmy and the Heat back at the UC. That's it for this week. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. In the meantime, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. My co-host, Big Dave, is at Bow B-A-W-L Sports. We are at Locked On Bulls. And you can always, always, always hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Have a great weekend, Bulls Nation, and we'll be back on Monday. See Red, be good. Peace out.